Welcome to Promo Insiders, a podcast from ASI's Counselor Magazine. In this weekly series, we tackle the topics that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun trends. I'm Sarah Lavendusky with Advantages Magazine, and today I'm joined by business leadership coach Mike Goldman to discuss the gradual transition back to in-office work. After more than two months of mandated closures, Offices across the country are finally making plans to welcome back their remote workers with health and safety policies in place. What kinds of challenges will this next phase of the virus crisis present to business leaders, and how can they come out stronger on the other side? That's our topic. So, like I said, Mike Goldman is a business leadership coach. He's also the author of Breakthrough Leadership Team, Strengthening the Heart and Soul of Your Company. So thank you, Mike, for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Sarah. Yeah, this is great. I just wanted to talk to you about, you know, this next phase, what this is going to mean for companies. And as we had um, covered early on in March, it was very important for company leadership to communicate with their teams as they transition to their home offices and work there for two months. And now we're going to have to do the same as we start to transition back. There will be this transitional phase. Should How should managers be communicating with their teams about these next steps? Yeah, I would say uh, they should be communicating very frequently. You know, one of the things we've learned through this whole process is that companies have needed to double or triple the frequency of, of communications. That doesn't necessarily mean two or three X the amount of time, although it is certainly more time, but double and triple, you know, more frequent, shorter communications. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to to keep that going and, and make sure that A, people know what's going on and B, that that people, uh, you know, that leaders are aware of issues early on when, when they see those. You know, I have uh, one client, for example, that it took me probably about a year and a half to get them to have town hall meetings with their companies with any level of frequency. And since this all started in the last seven weeks, I think they've had three town hall meetings and they've gone amazingly well, and they're going to continue that even on the other side of all this. So, you know, it's that company level communication, it's team level communication, and the one-on-one communication is important as well. Wonderful. Now, how does a leader communicate effectively with their teams while not scaring them about what this is going to mean? Because we know it's not going to just be everyone just start, goes back to work like nothing happened. There's going to be changes that are very visible. How do they um, communicate that effectively with their workers while not scaring them and also encouraging them to be open about what they need to be as comfortable as possible moving into this next phase? Yeah, I think that the frequency of communication about what's really going on, we have to treat our our team members, our employees, like the grownups that they are. We've got to tell them the truth. And and there's a... Uh, you know, something called the Stockdale paradox that, that, that I keep repeating with my clients ever since this started. And, and the Stockdale paradox says, you know, you need to keep two things in mind at the same time. On the one, you, one side, you need to confront the brutal truth. Mm-hmm. But on the other side, you have to know that it's all going to be OK at the end. And we need to communicate both of those things uh, to, to our team. So we've got to be honest about it. But the other challenge is if we want our team members to be open and honest with us, we need to be open and honest with them. And and the challenge is as leaders, we tend to want to put our superhero capes on 
and be strong for everyone else and it's going to be fine and I'm doing great and isn't working from home wonderful. Mm -hmm. And the challenge is that when we've got that superhero cape on and we're trying to be, you know, Mr. or Ms. Perfect, our employees think they need to be perfect Mm -hmm. and they're not and we're not. So we need to show our vulnerability with them. That doesn't mean put the camera on us huddled in the corner crying and, and show that. But it does mean be open and honest. And if you're having some challenges, let let your team members know that. Because if you're open and honest with them, you take that superhero cape off, they're going to be open and honest with you as well. And that's critical. Because if you don't hear what's really going on in their heads, you're going to start transitioning back to whatever normal looks like thinking everything's going to be fine when right. it's really not. Yeah. And and to that point, I mean, there will be different reactions to this. People are going to be excited. They're going to be apprehensive. They're going to be, for most of us, we're going to be a little bit of both. Um, how does leadership show empathy towards their employees feeling all of these things, but also focus on getting the company back on track? I think that's going to be kind of a, a fine line to walk. It is a fine line. And, and again, it comes back to frequent communication and the right communication. It comes back to that, that vulnerability and keeping that going. But, but we also have to do two things that aren't as natural in this environment. Number one, we've got to stress discipline and accountability. It's easy to take, and we, absolutely, we've got to show empathy. It's easy to take that too far. And say, I understand you're worried and I understand this and I understand it's distracting at home and I understand coming back to work is tough and therefore do what you can, do the best you can and accountability goes out the window. People need the, the, the guardrails of discipline and accountability to help them feel safe as well. So with empathy, and this is a fine line to draw, but with empathy, we've got to start injecting some accountability again. If you've let that drop, You've got to inject that again and let people know this is a business and we are expecting you to get back to work in this way. The other thing I think leaders need to do is, you know, for the last couple of months, at least, it's been heads down, focused on cash flow, focused on surviving. This is a time where we've got to pick our heads up and we've got to remind ourselves and remind our teams that we had a vision before all this. We had a three-year vision about what we wanted to create in this organization. Maybe a 10 to 15-year, big, hairy, audacious goal, flag on top of a mountain. There were some exciting things we wanted wanted to achieve. We need to get back to that. Now, has this changed things? Absolutely. Might this change some of our time frames and plans we had? Certainly it does. But for most companies, I don't know that it changes the three-year plan of what was that vivid vision of what we wanted to become or the 10 years what we wanted to become. We need to remind people of that. We need to get back to that so people could lift their heads out of the day-to-day chaos and fear to say, you know what? We've got this beautiful picture of the future we're still, still trying to create here. As leaders, we need to remind people of that and start working on that again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I agreed. And I, I think um, one of the things going to this too, with, with all of that in mind, are, are there any mistakes that leaders may make in this transitional phase that you're perhaps, you know, being prepared to warn them about or any of your clients, what you're, what you're 
preparing to kind of face amongst them in terms of the mistakes that they may make in this in this transitional phase? Yeah, I think one in particular, and it gets to some degree a little tactical, but it's really important is I think leaders think, you know, when's the point that we can go back to work and get back to the office? And it very much sounds like it's the flip of a switch mm -hmm. and we're going to go back to the office. It's not going to be a flip of the switch, you know, regard. And, and I'm not even necessarily talking about the stages that the states will have us go through where here's how many people you can have congregating together and all that stuff. Absolutely, that means it's not going to be a flip of the switch. But it's also, there are going to be some employees that are going to be very comfortable coming back to the office. Others that are not going to be comfortable coming back to the office. And great leaders are going to show empathy, you know, on both sides of that. But one of the things that I think could be misleading right now is people are looking at the productivity of work from home. And they're saying, you know, it's way more productive than we ever thought it would be. And, you know, Jack Dorsey from Twitter said, we're going to stay home permanently. We don't need anybody back to work again. Well, I think it's misleading. I think for a couple of months, people could be really productive working from home. I think if half the people go back to work and half the people are not back to work yet, you're going to see productivity plummet. And it's as simple as, you know, if you've got right now, you're on a Zoom call with your team and you've got six people on the team and everybody's got, got their little video square, you know, on your computer screen and you're all equal and talking and hearing each other. That's great. Now, let's say two people, six, decide they're not ready to come back to work yet. They're going to work from home because they could be just as productive. Now those four, now the six people, four of them are in a meeting in the conference room. Two of them are on Zoom. When the four people in the conference room talk with each other, half of that the Zoom people on the Zoom call are not going to understand. It's going to sound like mumbling. It's not loud enough. They're not going to see everybody on the screen. It's as simple as if half the people are back to work and half aren't, you still may need to do meetings in the same way. You still may need to be in your separate offices on Zoom so everybody's got to let get got that little square because when you're in different locations and half the people are at work and half are home, that's going to hurt productivity. And the people that are home are going to feel a lot less involved. So it's those kinds of tactics that are important is what do we do to transition people in over a long period of time? And how do we handle that hybrid situation where if we're not careful, morale and communication and productivity may plummet. Interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, and, and finally for you, you know, what kind of opportunities are you seeing for leaders to grow and improve on their leadership skills during this time? Um, and how will this phase reflect back on a company's core values that they've had enshrined for so long? Yeah, I think it's a number of things. First off, I know for me and my business and, and for my clients, the, the, the perspective that I have and, and I'm coaching them to have is that a year from now, we look back on this time and say, man, I'm glad it's done and I never want that to happen. Hopefully it's done, right? I'm glad it's done and I never want that to happen again. But you know what? And I almost feel weird saying this. If that didn't happen, we would never be where we are today. We wouldn't have pivoted to this new strategy that's meant the world to our business we wouldn't have built these great new relationships. Our culture wouldn't be as strong as it is now. I think there's a lot we can do to be much stronger 
on the other side. I think communication, we've learned a lot about how to communicate. And we've learned a lot about the importance of coaching people. We've learned a lot, not only about relationships internally, but relationships with our vendors and with our, our clients. So, so great leaders are going to come out of this with stronger relationships. Great leaders realize this is the time it's in a crisis that you figure out whether that culture you keep talking about is real or whether it's just a plaque on the wall. And when I talk about culture uh, with my clients and, and in my book, I talk about the three B's. I talk about the culture being core values and certainly again, core values when a crisis hits. Again, is it a plaque on the wall? Uh, and, and when a crisis hits, you're just going to be focused on the bottom line and to heck with your core values? Or is that really who you are? So number one, first V is core values. Second B we've talked about is, is vision, right? What is that vision? And, and you know, now's the time to really start being an evangelist of, of that future vision again. Um, and the third V we talked about is vulnerability. And, you know, even the silly things like you're on a Zoom call and, you know, the, the five-year-old kid comes in and starts screaming for something or the dog jumps on your lap. This is a time when, when we actually have gotten to know people better than we ever have. And that's not a bad thing at all. It may have been a little distracting, but it, it's fun and, and it, it, we get to know people better. I think going back into this, we, we need to take that and use that and build even stronger relationships so our cultures are stronger on the other side of all this. Okay, great. Well, thank you, Mike, for your time today. And please stay with our editorial team as we continue with our extensive coronavirus coverage, which you'll find all in one place at asicentral.com slash coronavirus. Thanks for listening. Thanks, Sarah.